I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool top for the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25 season night home kit now. You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 220, an episode that we're recording late on Monday just because we can't let that pass. Not that, not that glorious moment against the Blues. Not without us four having a giggle about it. So as you know, I'm Trev Downey and I'm coming to you from the study in my home in a field in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined, as ever I am, by the newly aged Carl Kopak and Cam Branch, whilst in the background, always observing in a youthful way and offering up his hot takes in the chat box, his guy drink on that. Folks, to start the show, it's not often that in someone's life their different fields of interest cross over, even rarer that they do so in a way that's pleasing or beautiful. Today, however, that very thing occurred for this particular Irishman. Most of you will know and have discerned at this stage. I spend a lot of my time neck deep in alternative takes on history and conspiracy. Uh, Basically, when I'm not obsessing about the Reds, that's what I'm obsessing about. Now, (laughs) a foreign gentleman today put a video up, um, which was a beautiful combination of my two passions. He was an Evertonian. He was uh, a foreign Everton fan who got it into his head that there was some strangeness afoot at Anfield, that there was, in fact, some magnetic technology being used (laughs) in which the ball was deflected back onto the pitch um, and defied physics as he knew it. Now, it's a minute and a half, folks. If you haven't heard it, um, then I suggest you peel back your ears and enjoy the bejesus out of this. It goes on for much longer than a minute and a half, but I'm going to play you the first minute and a half. And hopefully the sound quality will be decent because I'm literally just playing an iPhone into my mic here. But I think it's worth your while. So sit back and enjoy this 90 seconds of Deranged Lunatic. So Magnus at work at Anfield, first of all, after the ball has been hit away, he's trying to hit the target with a volley. So if the ball wasn't manipulated while it was in the air, if it wasn't manipulated, it simply would have ended up in the cup, you know. Because there's so much kinetic speed after it's being hit away from the cross. And he even turns around the guy here at the edge of the area because he knows he missed it. But then uh, the pace has been drawn out of the ball while it's in the air. And the sec- that's even a bigger proof how it bounces two times of the fucking upright that defies all physical law <laughs> all common sense and you know he, he even turns around the guy at the edge of the area because he know he blasted it into the cup and the the way it bounces two times of the fucking upright without the keeper touching it without there being there's not a significant amount of spin from this volley he does here he just he just hits it, uh, hits the ball 
he hits the with the foot too low on the ball, okay? And he blasts into the cup. Not with uh, a lot of spin in it. And you can, here's the angle from the cup. And you can hear the sigh when when he misses it, when he blasts it. Yeah, they think it's going for a goal kick, as they rightfully would think. And then it bounces two times of, of the, two times of the fucking upright. Two times. <laughs> now, I have to say, our little friend here with his YouTube channel who's obsessing about magnets being used in order to uh, get the Reds a goal. That's one of the finest things I've ever, ever seen on a video on YouTube. And I would heartily recommend that you dig it up. Just look up magnets and Anfield and you, you can't miss it. Can we get him on? Oh, please, let's <laughs> get him on. The passion of the kid. It's it's fantastic. There's like you know we, we we're going to touch off it. There's so much creativity going around the internet today on the back of that result, Carl. Um, I believe we've a strange situation. You, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds a bit grim, man. If you don't mind me saying so, like our normal intro where you you tell us something about about, about what's on your mind. A little quote. You've got some serious legal proceedings. I, I mean, I'm going to leave it to you. You take over. Yeah, I can't really go off the script on this one because it's been uh, it's um it's it's a negotiated statement. So I've just got to read this verbatim, and here it is. Towards the end of last week's podcast, I continually stated that Mr. Guy Drinkle, producer of the above, as well as the whole host of critically acclaimed podcasts, asserted to me in a private conversation, and I emphasise private, that the film The Phantom Menace was superior to the classic oeuvre of Star Wars films. Upon a very frank discussion with Mr. Drinkle, his legal team, and the Biffa twins of Concert County Durham, motto, get your retaliation in first, I realised that I was in error, and Mr. Drinkle, such was his vervent wit, was simply being sarcastic. <laughs> he, like any sane human, knows that the Phantom Menace is a tedious cavalcade, cavalcade <laughs> of racial stereotypes played against the backdrop of a much-loved family franchise, and I've misrepresented him entirely. I would therefore like to take this opportunity to apologise to Mr. Drinkle, his legal representatives, both the twins and their lovely pets, Fang and Slash, my host and co-guest for this unfortunate lack of understanding. I accept that I am a tit, a soft jessie, and the sort of dickhead who honestly thinks that The Godfather is better than the, the wonderful film Clownado, soon to be released. By way of compensation, I would like to offer Mr. Drinkle, whose silence speaks louder and wiser than all of us on AIP, a Toby Carvery in any one of the magnificent <laughs> 100 of the 158 restaurants which spreads across the nation. It seems fitting that trademark the home of the roast be the ideal location to end this unfortunate, embarrassing incident. Thank you. That took a lot of character, Carl. I know I'm, I, that, that can't have been easy. And, you know, I, 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 I hopefully Guy will come up with a, a, sh a short repast in the chat box at some point in the near future that we can uh, share with the people. But for now, he seems to be staying silent and ah, apology accepted, says Guy. So, I mean, look, it's going to be a long road back, Carl, but I'm glad you tried. God bless you. Um, we'll come back to you. We'll come back. <laughs> Oh, Come back to you in a minute. Uh, I got Cal tears. I got tears coming down. <laughs> How do I follow that? <laughs> well, while you're while you're composing yourself there, try mute, mute yourself. You're going to keep you're going to keep on. While so, you're 
Welcome. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. The, uh, the, the, the listeners will be pleased to know that um, Cam's offering is similarly unusual um, and it has something of a musical quality, which considering Cam has told us that he can't sing is quite a worry. I'm absolutely as nervous for this as I was for, for Carl's legal statement. Take it away, Cam. Okay. Um, uh, listeners, I, I apologise in advance. Um, if you've got cotton wool handy or anything you can cover your ears with or mute even, probably a good idea for the next minute, 30, 30 seconds to a minute, 30 seconds maybe. That's okay. what we're doing. <laughs> good, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Divock scoring. All around us. Copite singing. Having fun. It's the season. Love and understanding. Merry Christmas, Everton. Jordan Pickford. You have small arms. <laughs> Ali's laughing. Having fun. <laughs> it's the season. Love and understanding. Merry Christmas. Everton. <laughs> you've mothered that. <laughs> oh, you've absolutely mothered that. God bless you. It was uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you for that. Thank you so if much. If only there was a subtext. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only. <laughs> now, Carl. Apparently, you're going to be quite the uh, the attention whore, and we're going back to you because apparently your statement was not your only contribution. You do have something of a little treat for us. In terms of uh, a little uh, a little addition to the start of the show, this is a little bit of a bumper special that we've decided to do. So let's roll on with the crack. What is your opening idea? Well, it, it's something which um, we, we may be looking at to do something quite regularly. It's um, um, regular listeners to this podcast. Well, in the past, we've we've gone through the triumvirate of great works that is Steve Bruce's football series, Striker. Um, uh, defender. Did we ever do midfield? I'm not sure we did. Yeah, I got a um, little bit of that. Yeah. Okay, and uh, and obviously I, I've quoted before extensively from Sid Little's autobiography. A little goes a long way. Um, now um, the Holy Grail remains Donna Stell's book, which I still can't get my hands off. But a friend of mine said they're really good, but bubbling under in the respect team is Tony Blackburn's autobiography, Poptastic. Yes, it's called Poptastic. Now I, re- I re- realize, of course, that not many people will know, not everyone will know who Tony Blackburn was or is. He is a DJ for Radio 1. He's famously the first ever DJ and played the first ever song on Radio 1 back in 1967. And he's known as, he won I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here a while ago, and he's known as being quite cheesy. And his autobiography is basically Partridge. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, he does this little thing every now and then within the book where he donates a chapter. For example, he donates a chapter to his sister and he talks to his sister in the book. And he's done it here with his longtime producer. And I just want to read this about because I'll, I'll, t- I'll say which um, section belongs to who. Um, but this is his producer talking to Tony. And this is how mad this book is. So the first voice is the producer. There are times when he doesn't get it right usually those aberrations when he decides that he wants to be a political commentator. It's always a mistake. He's crap at it. He's an entertainer who fundamentally works in the art, the area of candy floss. And he does that magnificently in British broadcasting balance must be achieved. And you knew that with Tony, you know, that with Tony given his political personal views, sorry, his personal political views, it was never going to offer a balance for you on anything. Just, it just doesn't do it. 
He's missed the Daily Mail. That's where Tony interrupts. Tony, I've never said what political party I was with. The producer, you don't need to. I'm not accusing you of being a fascist. Tony, it's Middle England. Tony, it's an attitude. A belief that most things can be summed up in simple black and white. I believe that most truths can be found in the infinite range of shades of grey. Tony, whereas I'd say, for example, if someone takes somebody else's life, hang them. Producer, and I'd want to debate the circumstances. Tony, you don't need that. You only need a rope. <laughs> Fucking hell, Tony. Keep it light, mate. Jesus. That is the original Smashy and Nicey. The guy that the, one of the guys that was based on that 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 yeah, cheesy yeah, DJ. He's, 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 he's smashy, isn't he? Yeah. The, the, the other one, Simon Simon um, Simon Bates. Yeah, uh, there's, like, a, there's a bit late. There's a bit later on in the book where he says, "Because uh, I won't do the whole thing," but he does a bit later on. He says, "I would like to say something like that here and now that my son Simon is not named after Simon Bates. He's really strict on that. He wants that known. It's just it's just an unusual man. It really is. But I just love the fact that in the middle of a very very light as a feather autobiography about his time on Radio One, he just quickly gets around to hanging people." <laughs> I know, but immediately after his, his producers talked about how he's he's like you just stick to the bubble companies. No, no, let's get the rope out. <laughs> yeah, let's go straight to the rope here. Yeah, let's get, let's get lynching. Holy fuck! You just need rope. Oh, Jesus, that is incredible. That is incredible. All right, so, well, we have we've managed to get fifteen minutes into this show, and we haven't mentioned yet the real reason that we're all on tonight, which is of course. Has there been any footy? Can we get around to talking about football? Oh, it's the glorious, glorious thing that was yesterday evening, and I uh, look. I, I, Carl, I think you were in the ground, and and yeah. and I mean that must have been the two mates of mine um, from Ireland over, and I was thinking, what a game to get to because that one of them actually had a bit of a cry to me today, but I was uh, it wasn't a great game, and I was like, yeah, but man, you were there for one of the best moments ever, and just talk me through how that went for you in the ground, Cam. You weren't there at, at, on the day, were you? No, no, I was on. All right, so Carl, talk, talk to me, talk to me a little bit about just what was happening around you during that chaos. Because I know, again, one of the lads said that, like I was at home, they were reluctant to celebrate. And you know, when people are jumping in front of you; it's tough to see. And I, because it, you know, it's you get excited there, and it gets ruled off, and, and that's worse. That's the worst thing that could possibly have happened. So, talk to me about what was going on around you, the chaos. Well, I can tell you, um, I can run through a list. Uh, I've scraped the skin off my right shin. Um, I've got a bit of a bruise on on my sort of my left um, outer shin as well. Um, I hugged a woman who must be approaching in her seventies. I hugged an Everton fan, not knowing he was an Everton fan, um, <laughs> who said, "And I quote, get off me, you red tramp." Ooh. Um, <laughs> hugged him harder. Um, he was laughing when he said it. But um, I think I, uh, my, my friend Danielle, she got hugged to death. But then I lost her for a few minutes as well. And I sort of ended it. You know, like the scene in Shawshank Redemption where, where Andy Dufresne comes out, of the, uh, comes out of the tunnel and he just falls to his knees uh, in the middle of the storm and throws his arm in the air and screams to the heavens. Yep. I pretty much did that for a full minute. Um, yeah. I, I, mean, I looked up and saw, and saw. I genuinely thought it was just a fan on the pitch hugging Allison, and I was really close. <laughs> I was in the Annie Road yesterday. I was in the second row, of the Annie Road, and I, and I actually just thought it was a fan. I got on the pitch, and I cheered that as well. I basically just cheered everything. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was saying to my my mate, um, uh, I know we're going to get onto the Danny Mills thing about yeah about Klopp celebration, but honestly, I, I I cheered buses turning corners afterwards. I cheered when people indicated to change lanes on the motorway. I was just cheering everything. It was just absolutely nuts. And and I've been in things like you know I was in the Chelsea game and I was at, I was at Juventus at home where um, I was in the the the, uh, the Kemlin lower Kemlin at when we played Juventus and somehow managed to go backwards two rows and to this day I can't tell you how. And and that was nuts yesterday. That just went absolutely mad because no, because because being so far away I, I couldn't tell what was going. I had no idea who scored it. None at all. And. Um, I, I laughed even louder when um, when when uh, when it, when George announced the scorer. So I just thought that just makes it even better. I mean, and just to put a line under that, I um, I sort of knew something was going to happen. I thought this game doesn't deserve nil nil. This could be the game where they actually deserve to win the game, and there's a chance that's going to happen. Um, but I think there's definitely a goal. And literally, as that ball was embedded, I'm not making this up for poetic purposes. I genuinely thought. Someone's going to score here who doesn't score. This could be the Joe Gomez derby. And the reason I thought of Joe Gomez, because I forgot Origi was on the pitch. So he was the least likely goal scorer for Liverpool, I could think, with Joe Gomez. And uh, and then when he said his other name, when you know when Joyce um, said Divock Origi, I just, I just laughed myself stupid. My throat's been hurting all day because of it. Yeah, same, same. And to be honest, like I said, and Cam, you, you and I were both watching on the TV and like I, I would put that up there amongst the greatest moments I've had watching uh, this club. I just enjoyed it so much. It was so special. Uh, I think the combination of the tension of what happened in midweek, the kind of ongoing um, anxiety that, that that's there about keeping up with that other lot. The, the the angry press conference from Klopp in the middle of the week, the fact that he made changes, the fact that we had guys in the pitch and we were hoping could do it, the fact that a lot of our strikers were going off looking angry and despondent, all that came together uh, in one gloriously chaotic, magnet-induced moment of, of, of wonder. And, I mean, like Carl, I was, and I had to do Raw immediately afterwards, and you can hear it, I'm... I'm beyond throaty. I, I I was roaring like a lunatic. I was on my own in my house, um, but I'd say I was heard for for miles around. It just went on and on. Did you did you similarly indulge in the in the joy of it? I think I nearly gave my poor old mother a heart attack. Um, I was so bloody loud and screaming and jumping, and everybody else had just come back into the house. It was just me and the little man watching it. Well, not that a little man was watching it. He's not a big football fan, but he was sort of sat there uh, watching the screen and watching me thinking, my dad's a fucking lunatic. Um, I just went crazy. I went batshit crazy. And um, my, every time I do that, every time Liverpool score, I go batshit crazy. But yesterday, I really went batshit crazy. And my mum just came up to me and said, you're an idiot. <laughs> and, then just, and then just went back down and sat down and I'm like yeah but I don't fucking care <laughs> I like I like that she went out of her way to come over and tell you that and then went back yeah, yeah. Yeah. it was just like you know she shuffled in I didn't even know she, she was suddenly behind me and I just sort of looked around and she just looked at me and just went you're an idiot and then just shuffled back and I'm like yeah. <laughs> amazing but fun. Cam, Cam, on a, like on a semi-series note, that's yeah. this 
practice. I mean, when when especially when you when you're when you're remote like I am and you can't get to the game on a, on a weekly basis, which is the ideal that everyone would like. And Carl's in a lucky enough position to be able. You you're more lucky than I am. You can get to to the game yeah. more often. Um, there was a time when I used to be able to get to the games on a regular basis. Life does not allow that now. So when you are sort of remote. Um, you don't have the lovely match day rituals that you're in it for, if you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You often hear uh, Carl talking about that. That's why we're in it, like the friends and all the rest of it and all the little match day things that you do. So when you're a remote fan uh, like I am, that's what you're in it for, those moments. That's why you're in it. That's why we do this. That's why you're you're so passionate about it. That those little things come along every so often and just give you intense joy and like i have reveled in it all day like i said you've you know i've been sharing stuff with you we've been sharing loads of bits and pieces that Mm. loads of creative types on the internet have been coming up with i mean there's that glorious thing with the um american beauty um monologue yeah that's just beautiful there's that thing that um that chris von strangino put up as well i think that was him actually doing that that's amazing um there's all sorts of just delightful things knocking around today because people are reveling in it you know they're enjoying it they're ta- they're 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 taking their enjoyment when they can get it and i'm glad to see that to be honest yeah and so they should but you know i mean what if you cannot enjoy that then you shouldn't be watching football should you I mean, those are the moments. The, we will never, ever forget this. Till our dying day, even, you know, we get struck down with some, you know, the horrible illness where we, we can't remember anything. We will never forget this. I'm telling you. And what makes it even more poetic and ironic is the fact that a certain player was right in the middle of it after criticising our goalkeeper for making a blunder. And that just was the icing on the cake for me. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it because he touched that ball. He touched, he, it, it didn't bounce on the crossbar twice, folks. It, it bounced off his hands onto the crossbar. And then, you know, what he was doing, only he knows. You know, he's come out and said, you fucked up. Good. You fucked up. Good. Oh, yeah, it was just brilliant. It was just, uh, well, well, what I loved about it was that uh, Virgil's being credited with an assist when in, it's, it's, <laughs> it's clearly it's clearly Jordan Pickford with the assist because you know that ball's going out. It's as simple as that. And well, he, Virgil didn't see the ball. Virgil turned away and ran no, away. No, Virgil had turned around in disgust because he thought like all the rest did that it was a ridiculous That's effort. It. And it was, was it. and we were all on, 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 listen, the deflation would have been real for me in just the same way as the joy was immense. The deflation would have been pretty real. It was, it was, uh, it would have been a right sickener. We would have been a further two points off city and that's not pleasant. And so when the opposite happens and you mentioned, um, both of you mentioned the guy involved, Divock Rigi, and look, um, none of us are, are 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 that romantic that we think that this is the the springboard for maybe him becoming a, a central character in this drama for the rest of the season. Of course, there's hope that that could happen. Who knows? Um, I think Jurgen Klopp was particularly delighted. I liked what he did on the pitch. We should talk about that for a little minute. Let's just talk about Jurgen's reaction, which was one of the most joyous things about the whole thing. And Carl, like you said, that you 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 were just aware of someone going to hug Alison, and you've seen the footage since, and it's delightful. Alison, probably the only man uh, in in L four who could who could make Jurgen look like a little child when he picked him up that time. Yeah, um, it was it was amazing to see and. What I liked about it was when Jurgen had had his fill of his of his Ali hug. 
the way he turns around, it's not shit. I better get off this pitch here. He's l- reveling in it. He's milking oh, every he's milking, he's milking it, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and proper order. And uh, uh, Have you heard the specific or the official sanction? Um, has there been one? I know he's been charged. Yeah, he's been charged and he's got till Thursday to reply. He's going to be he's going to be found guilty and he's be, he'll be fined. I don't think it'll be a touchline ban or anything like that. Um, it's one of those things. It, 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 it annoys you if it's not you. Like um, we discussed in the week, the, the horrendous human being, that is Thomas Tuchel of um, the PSG. And, you know, he was celebrating like a tit when they won. you got to take it. Really, um, and you know, Marino shushed, shushed us, and people think that was great. And uh, so yeah, I, I've got no problem with, with, with him doing. It. I've got no other problem with other managers doing it. I mean, Guardiola did it when they beat Southampton. Um, it's fine. It's 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 we've it's, it's honest. It looks like he's just won the derby with the most. Can they use VAR? Sorry. Can they use VAR on it and use the officials well, that do the VAR? To, to map his to map his position. Well, he, you know, but, well, map. You, you know, you see how bad they are at using VAR. If they use VAR, they'll get let off, won't they? Well, they, I think they need more than VAR. They, they need to look at uh, mag- magnetism. They uh, do need to look he, at magnetism, yeah. Because he was dragged onto the pitch by a large magnet which came from the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, if you notice, it, it, when he gets over to Alisson, he hugs him two fucking times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. to make sure. He, he actually bounces off him two times. And Virgil they both jumped, they, looking they, away they just a chest bump, didn't they? Yeah. They both jumped up at the same time. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that, to be honest. But a bit NFL for me, but um, <laughs> you do surprise uh, me. You do yeah. surprise me. Yeah, you give it, yeah. So um, he's hugging everyone in the ground for an hour. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the fact that I nearly missed it because I was too busy hugging, you know, septuagenarians next to me in the stand at the time. Yeah, you're um, you're, you're an enigma, Carl, because you give the impression that you would have just had done a nice uh, civil handshake at that moment in time, <laughs> when, when in reality you're you're ma- you're mauling pensioners. <laughs> I was basically yeah, I'd try to find what what which seat I was in because I'd sort of lost. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd lost the, the rough idea of where I was. Can we also celebrate? Um, you, I don't know. You, oh, you've heard it back today, Carl, no doubt. But can we also celebrate, Cam, what you and I would have heard, which was the soundtrack to that um, delightful Jurgen situation, not the one that's been let, let, put over today, which is the Baywatch soundtrack. That's amazing. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, just go and Google Baywatch soundtrack uh, and Jurgen on the pitch or something like that. You'll get it. You'll, I retweeted it. You'll see it there anyway. But our uh, soundtrack to it was. Jamie Carragher in full high pitch going, look at Jürgen Klopp, <laughs> which was incredible stuff. And, you know, it, it, it just summed up the whole thing. He was, you could tell that Cara was genuinely loving it, enjoying it, milking it, every moment of it. Uh, and then when you compare and contrast that with the sanctimonious shite being spun by Danny Mills, Talking about how it's you know incorrect and wrong and you can't do that and you know absolutely horrifying he said um, horrifying yeah what yeah. a word and he also said he would have lamped him as well or something oh did he hint that as well very good yeah. big lad yeah lad Dan. yeah well yeah. I, I, are you talking about the former Manchester City player I mean if only there's a connection between the two things I just can't yeah what it is. Yeah. yeah I can't see it myself but I, I I appreciate there might be one there look I mean it, 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 it will be unfortunate if there is you see like a touchline ban as you say it's probably unlikely it'll probably just it'll sm- be fine I think it'll be a fine. Yeah. money and but, but well, they can take it out the scooter more money take it oh. <laughs> ask, ask, ask your mate Peter uh, yeah, well, yeah I forgot all about the what do you guys off the train yeah 
<laughs> Another Liverpool employee hates my guts. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and Cam, just to derail the conversation again slightly, but it is thematically linked. I believe it, 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 as a celebration uh, of of um, our our um, Swabian manager's uh, pitch invasion, you went to the German markets this evening. It got cancelled. I was oh, going to go. Yeah, shame. I was going to go. Yeah, I, I wasn't uh, actually feeling up to it. I've had a bit of a a neck ache all day. I woke up with a bit of a crick in my neck and I just felt, no, I don't want to go down there and just make it worse. So I didn't right. go. Uh, so, is that the arthritis, mate, yeah? You, you understand now, Paul, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, is, but, it, uh, yeah, is, this, is this what really? my... Is this what my future is in this podcast? This is, this, 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 this is the future. Yeah. Well, when you start podding with OAPs, you'll understand, mate. Fucking hell. When? Uh, anyway, um, it's really difficult trying well, to get this ear trumpet into the iPod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, now I've got a picture of you as the grandmother in a lower low sitting in the bed going, <laughs> "What is this? What are you saying?" Um, so, so look, uh, let's let's. Can I just say one thing on. I just want to say one thing on the the, the club celebration. Yeah, cool. Okay, okay the, the, it, they're not meant to go out the technical area. They're not meant to do that, right? But. Players are allowed to go off the pitch to celebrate. So why can't a manager go onto the pitch to celebrate? That's fair. I mean, I think that's fair. You know, I mean, if the if the players would all run to Jurgen Klopp off the pitch, like say Sadio Mane did when he and Lallana did, Lallana when he got the winner in the five four in Norwich. Why weren't all the Why weren't all the players brought up on an FA charge? Why would Why wasn't Danny Mills going in and lamping them all? Yeah. Well, that's funny. And so on. Chest bump there as well. <laughs> <right in the laughs> <middle. laughs> Seriously. Just do do yourself a favor and go and look it up. It's fantastic. Uh, no, it's a good point you make. It's a good point you make. But look, do you know what? I, I, as Carl said, we'll just take it on the we'll take it on the chin. It's fine. Jurgen's held his hands up and went. He he he's probably a little bit mortified. He's done it. But I do. I have a lot, I have a lot of time for this idea of Jesus. Like you gotta let these things go with a with a slap on the wrist because what are you trying to do? You're trying to turn the whole of the fo- of football and the the players are already automatons. You go, you're gonna take the personality out of it completely. We may have hated, as you said, Carl, the shushing thing Mourinho did, but like I mean, it's one of those moments that sticks in your head and it adds to the the the, the spice and the tension and the the, the drama and, and the drama. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I, I have to admit, I love it. I love it. In terms of in terms of footballing highlights um from yesterday's yesterday's game the one that i want to bring up is is, is an obvious enough one and i'd just like to get your take um both of you on it i'll start with yourself carl i mean i know you 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 uh have a have, um you know a, a critical gaze when it comes to to midfielders and I, I was I was delighted the club had the balls to change it in the way that he did, not just a little bit, not just a tweak, but a proper change. And and putting um, the duo of of Fabinho and Wijnaldum in there with with Shakiri nominally in there as well, I I, I I applauded that to to the stars when I saw it. I was delighted to see that. And I'd have to say, and this is what I wanted, this is what I'm driving towards. For me, Fabinho was a, a, a real success on the day. I really did enjoy the way he played that game. Um, it could have been one if we're to believe all the rumors that you know he's finding it t- difficult to in vertical commas settle in 
I think he proved yesterday that's a load of tosh. He, he he was right on it, wasn't he? But my my problem with Fabino has, has been the fact that um, he's very good against weak teams. So Red Star at Anfield, he was brilliant, big, but of course they weren't much. And um, there's a massive difference of opinion with some people I spoke to about the Arsenal game, which I thought he was really poor, but people said he was good. That yesterday was the performance I wanted to see because their midfield was very good. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to go into it, but I thought Evan were excellent yesterday. I really did. I thought that, that's what made it they even were. sweeter because they, they were absolutely were superb. And their, their midfield worked so hard. And, and, they just, and they just denied us. They just denied us space all the time. Gomez was fantastic. He was unbelievable. And, and Fabino to go into that... Um, with you know, and and let's face it, he's the he's the only tackler in in that midfield three. Shakiri's not going to you know put a foot in, and Wijnaldum can do it every now and then, but um, it's up to him. Whereas you know, you look at like Milner and Henderson, that's their job is to close down and Harry, um, and Fabino. I just thought his maturity in that game was astonishing, um, and his position. So there's you know he moved up a bit in the second half as well. He you know he tried to press a bit more rather than sort of sitting back, but. Um, I thought the way he got the team, uh, in as much as he got the midfield wrong in, in Paris, um, he, he definitely got it right today. I think that was a really, really big day for Jurgen Klopp because the substitutions that are just, I mean, before we get on to, you know, Divock, um, I just thought he just, the tactics for that were really, really good. And, and the biggest compliments I can pay to Everton is the fact that they had to be because their bats are really strong side we beat yesterday. Yeah, just on that, and again, we don't want to. I think I think they've more than got their their due. To be honest, I've heard I've heard lots and lots of of, of praise for them, and I know immediately afterwards on Raw, uh, Carlo, we were sort of uh, taken aback by how good they'd been. Um, to be fair, as well, I think that again enhances the performance um, of of Fabinho yesterday. Um, you know, nominally on on on, uh, uh, he he appeared to me to be the the best midfielder in the park. I was was impressed with Gomez, but then we saw the um, the stats afterwards. You know, the the various metrics would prove that he was actually um, Fabinho was was more impressive overall in his display. And look, I, you can you can see a through line now. You can see a future for him in that position now that he's done it against a, a, a rival in the in the heat of battle um and as you say a surprisingly good Everton side I mean that's the thing about it right it, it was that thing that you said earlier on it did look like it could be the one that that they finally get their win as well and you know the the midfield three um particularly the first half of where I thought Shakira was fantastic the way he drifted around so much um yeah, that that's that was fully warranted that win. It really wasn't for for them to draw it. It would have been a bit annoying because, of course, um, a, a draw at Anfield in the derby is a defeat for us, and it's a victory for them. And to and just to to win it like that, um, it's like the football when gods suddenly looked up and went, "Oh yeah, off you go, lads. This is yours." Yeah. And well, that, I, that's what it felt like. Harry yesterday on Raw said something brilliant. He was talking about how you know these these guys they were just you know over their their the the, the psychological damage of of um of all those previous results you know and um uh they were this was a new breed the guy, guys who weren't who weren't touched by by association with all those previous derbies a new side an emergent side. And Christ alive, that's the worst psychological damage Cami could inflict on anyone to win like that in those circumstances right at the death. I mean that is how you that's how you properly cripple a, a team's uh, morale uh, and 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 it'll be in their heads it'll be in their heads forever. Um, it, those players every time they come back to play Liverpool, uh, whether it be at home or or at Anfield now, 
it will it will be a factor for them. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I'm not a, a big believer in um, what happened last time, what happened last year, you know, what happened two years ago, because there's so many variables that have changed. Um, but those players, they will feel it. But on on the other flip side of it, it, it could do the opposite as well. It could spur them. You know, it could it, it as as much as that could, you know, kickstart our season as some people seem to be saying, despite the fact that we're unbeaten in the league. Um and yet we need kickstarting. Um I'm not sure how they've worked that one out. But um it, it could it could fire something up within those Everton players. I mean, like Carl said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give them some praise there because it, it ultimately it doesn't fucking matter because we won the game. Um, I think Marco Silva has done a fantastic job with that group of players in four months to bring to bring that you know uh, do all the transfers they've done. Start with three or four players for the first time in a derby in that atmosphere because for, I could tell that Anfield was rocking yesterday. The, the, yeah, well, you know the, it, you know you can you can just feel it. It was it was coming through the TV. It really was, and you, it was you the best feel... you'll ever walk alone in years. It really right. was. It was a, pro- yeah. a proper full throat because it, it dips in and out occasionally. That yeah. was a full on, you know, proper on roar. That and it, really it went on. It went yeah. on as well. Um, yeah, so, I mean, damn sure it did. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know that that would have affected those Everton players, and um, so I think Marco Silva's. You know, you've got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, in four months to. Get an Everton team to come to Anfield and play like that. I haven't seen that uh, an Everton team play like that since how Kendall's days. Eighty-seven. I was going to say, yeah, when yeah. they were really good. When they were really good. That's how long it's been since I've seen an Everton side come to Anfield, play with no fear, play with bravery, look to score goals, uh, look to pressers, pushers back. Uh, I thought first half they were. Phenomenal. I, I really do. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going OTT with the praise from, but they were, they were, they were brilliant. And, um, you know, we did well to not be behind. Yeah, well, that, that's that. that the, Carl mentioned a specific moment there. It was the Andre Gomez chance, and um, that brings me to the next thing. That and I'll, I'll start with you on this. Uh, the intervention of Allison there, as he has intervened on so many occasions um, over the course of this season so far, to keep yet another clean sheet, that was one thing. But the combination of Allison and Joe Gomez then um, covering him as the ball was about to trickle over the line after his glorious save, that to me, that combination just screamed about everything that's good about this new setup that we've got and um, because it is based on a solid defense that does not cough up goals and will go the extra mile both men there pulling off little minor miracles joe's positional sense to get back again dave henry gets on the pod pointing out that you don't tend to see that we haven't seen that for years we don't have that idea of people uh, getting back and clearing stuff off the line andy robo's done it once or twice or being in the right place at the right time but that kid it was just it was he was there to rescue the team uh after his his comrade had done the heroics and uh, Cam, it says everything to me about what's important about this new version of Liverpool, this Liverpool 2.0 on their club. And I'm quite happy with that. I love it. I just hope he learns his lesson to never prick around with that defensive centre half partnership and goalkeeper again. Oh, we've been saying it all, all season. You know, the, that little triangle in the middle and then with the two, two fullbacks is 
it's it's a it's a brilliant defensive unit we've got. Um, we I definitely don't want to see um, them players having to be changed, but there will be games where they do need to be changed. Unfortunately, that they are there is going to be fatigue issues. Um, you know, there's probably going to be changes to the defense coming for the Burnley game on Wednesday. Now you yeah, can we're see play, it. we're playing every ten minutes, aren't we? Now yeah, until the mid mid January. Yeah, well, you see that that that, that worries good, me because well, we have got good rest as well. We have got about four days on average between each game, so it's have, working quite well in our favour. We, we have a decent gap for the um, yeah. for, for for the United game, but it's it's every three days until then. And to be honest, yeah. that what you've just said there worries the bejesus out of me. Just to to take a, a little tangent because you mentioned there is going to be changes. There's a rumour that Andy Robertson will step out um, for whatever reason. Maybe it's a niggle. Maybe it's just um, uh, they, you know uh, that's cover for they need to rest him out for whatever. Um, there's probably I heard a rumour Joe Gomez might be as well. I hope that doesn't happen, but. If we are taking in um, uh, Alberto Moreno, uh, your idea of, of another change in that defence, that doesn't fill me with any joy because if it is Dejan coming in for Joe, it probably will be. Or maybe it's time for Virgil to finally take a break. Um, I don't know. I mean, is, is is that what you're envisaging now for, for Wednesday night? I, I think, I mean, think of how many games Virgil has played. The last break he had was the Carabao Cup game. He's played every single game this season aside, and that's including internationals. You know, he's, he's, there's a lot of minutes in those legs, and he and he needs to take. You, know, we need to give him an opportunity to have a rest. And Burnley aren't exactly setting the world alight at the moment, so you'd like to think that these are the type of games where you you need to use your squad players and. If that means we have to rest Virgil, because I think we'll need Virgil Saturday for Bournemouth more than we I do, do against well. Burnley. I do as well. Because Bournemouth are playing some, they were unlucky against City on Saturday. Yeah, um, so they're a tastier, you know, opposition to us than Burnley are at the moment, that's for sure. That said, you've seen Bournemouth's run of recent results. It's not... It's not in any way impressive, and I, no, I, but they're I, playing. I, they're playing good football. Well, yeah, yeah. Jan was watching them at the weekend. I've just finished the pod with him, and he was talking about yeah, like I mean, they did pull up a little bit. They had a bit of resolve about them, but maybe it was over egged a bit because people are so desperate for City to have any sort of opposition. And like at the end of the day, they're beaten three one by City. They were beaten two one by Arsenal. I suppose that's no uh, that's sin or crazy. shame no. uh, after after what we saw from them at the weekend. They were beaten 2-1 by Newcastle in the previous game, 2-1 by Man United in the previous game. Um, they had a win in the League Cup against Norwich. Uh, and I think the previous game was their last league win um, against Fulham. So they're on no wonderful run, but they are, as you say, uh, certainly Burnley are having a wretched time. Um, and so they, you, have played, they have played some big teams in there as well. If you're going, if you're going to make changes, what you're saying though is mo- it's more likely that the bigger ones would be in this um, Wednesday evening game rather than the Saturday morning one. Logic dictates that for me. Yeah. yeah, just looking at you know, just looking at the way Burnley have been playing. They've been from what you know. I've not watched Burnley this season. I've no desire to watch Burnley apart from on Wednesday night, um, and I won't particularly be watching them. Will I? Um, they're not doing great. They're, they're down the bottom of the table for a reason. I think there's um, another element to this, though. What happens after Bournemouth? It's Napoli. It's Napoli. 
he's going to want as many strong legs on the pitch as possible for that game. Because that, that, that could be 98 minutes altogether. Yeah, yeah. And and, and again, you know... The, the, and he might need everyone. So, so again, it's turning into a management situation and look we're kind of coming into into a, a, a sort of a natural division we've spoken about the defence we've spoken about the midfield we might as well talk about the attack now but again just to bear in mind the last before we do that Burnley are having a wretched time as well Burnley are 2-0 beaten by Roy's lot 2-0 beaten by Rafa's lot they had a 0-0 draw with Leicester before that beaten 4-2 by West Ham 4-0 by, by Chelsea 5-0 by City previously to that, and then they did draw with Huddersfield. I mean, they are having a bad old time, and the wheels have come right off there. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'd agree with you. If there's going to be sort of um, comparatively experimental things going on, it has to be on Wednesday night. But, but again, then, you know, can you really... It, the, the turnaround to Napoli, as you said, is so swift after Bournemouth that it's, I don't know, it's its, it's going to be very interesting to see how he manages it. Um, one way or other, you know, there's going to be pitching and moaning. Back to the attack, Carlin. Like, the, it wasn't a particularly happy day for any of the uh, front three um, superstars that we have. Uh, Bobby Firmino, after looking like he was having a little bit of a renaissance, well, it was right back off the boil, as bad as yeah, we've seen him. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sadio was, was, was up and at him, but again, the the final product wasn't there from him. And, uh, I and think that, they misaffected him, to be honest. I mean, I thought, I thought he was really good in the second half, because one thing you really notice in the ground when um, City were out, because I was really low down, I'd say second row, is the strength on that man's amazing. To say he's only three foot six, you know, um, he was getting a lot of being shunted from behind a lot. There was a lot of that going on. Because the, 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 the way that man traps a ball, it's got to be exhausting after a while. Because they were just like lashing out on him whenever they could. They were taking turns to hit him. Yeah. Which is fair enough, you know, that's fair game, you know, that's what you want to do. He's the, he's the most dangerous one out of the three of them at the moment. So yeah. I'd, 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 I'd say he gets a slight pass for that, but yeah, the other two were off off the ball a bit. And and uh, it's 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 an interesting thing because, you know, let, let's just take uh, the objective reality, which is that He's messed about, Jurgen, with the setup um, uh, in terms of the roles that everybody's playing. Um, Sadio normally is in the same place, but Mo is more central. Bobby's deeper. We've got Shakiri floating around there as well. And it seems as if just because he introduces Shakiri, the, the, he, he's decided to, to muck about with the. Certainly, he's mucked about with with Bobby Firmino's role. You, you have to assume that's a deliberate thing. Mo Salah's not playing where he played last season either. And look, it, it it may be just coincidental that as a result, things aren't firing in the way they did. And by the way, it's no longer a cliche to say that. It's no longer a, a, a half-arsed observation to say that. That's just simple observation of fact. You, you're yeah. watching the game. These guys are not doing the same things in the same way. Now we're winning games, so I don't give a shit. But I would like to see. Uh, some, so I'd like to believe that this return to form is going to come, but I mean, we're eking ever further into the season. I mean, what what's your observation of why things have changed there? Well, I think for a start, that other teams are starting to realise what we're doing because we blew everyone away last year, and you know that. What do you do when that happens? You just find a way to do it, um, and I think that's why it's messed around with the system because I think we've messed around because. That the last year's system relies on Roberto Firmino more than anyone else in the club because he's mm-hmm. the only man who can play that role, possibly in the division. That you see, Firmino is just absolutely astonishing what he did last year, um, the work rate he puts in, and it just worked. But for some reason, if you go tighter to Firmino, then 
everyone else is sort of deprived the ball a bit, a little bit more. They're not getting the ball so much. So I think that's why he's dropping them back a bit to say, okay, you just do your same job, but you do it 15 yards further back. And then, you know, we'll make Salah the focal point, not for me, you know. And they're just not ready for that yet. And, and particularly the Shakiri thing as well, because as my, as my old grand used to say, what you lose in chips, you gain in beans. So, you know, you, you're losing a bit of Roberto for me, you know, just because you're looking at Shakiri, because Shakiri's obviously got a freer role. I mean, he was all over the park in the first half yesterday. But um, I think it's, it's this season so far for Jurgen Klopp, I think, is being a case of him just trying to find a new way to win. Because last year's, the way we did it last year, won't work all the time. I mean, Brendan Rodgers discovered that when in 2015 when he did it. It was a 13-game unbeaten run. And Swansea started to work out. We beat them, but Swansea were working out what we were doing and found a way around it. And the next game is Man United, and they absolutely knew what to do. And we lost. So, you know, you have got to keep changing things around all the time. You, you want your players to know different formations and, you know, what I do, if, if I'm here, then I do this. Um, and we did it yesterday with Fabino, you know, going forward a little bit more and, and using Wijnaldum as a six. But um, I, I just think every manager's got to start thinking like that. Only Roy Hodgson plays 4-4-2 all the time. And even he's changed a bit recently. Yeah, and Cam, to pick up on the point that Carl's after introducing there, the idea of tweaking things, of changing things and how it's essential, we're, we've just been referring to the fact that we have no choice but to do that over the next while because the game every three or four days. And in a situation like that, what do you see as potential now for um, tweaks to that front line? We know that Divock Origi played uh, on that left-hand side of a three before. Could you see him getting a game there, theoretically, or is Danny Sturridge still miles ahead of him in terms of getting a start? What's your What's your take on potential changes to that attack over the next couple of games? Um, I, I I'd say Daniel Sturridge is still ahead. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I mean, I think Divock is a, a better player coming off the coming off the left and then cutting in. And if you were to bring Divock in, I'd like to see maybe Sadia move out to the right and give and give Salah a rest, maybe. Um, again, he's got a lot of minutes in his legs, and like you said, there's a disconnect between the front three at the moment. There, you know, the, and I think the disconnect has also been because the midfield was not quite working for them either. It, it's not just because the front three aren't working. I think you've got to look at the midfield. I mean, Bobby and and Mo are just not passing the ball to each other as much as they used to. You know, that 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 is a, a proven fact. Uh, it's a proven stat. I think Cy Brundish uh, uh, put it up somewhere. And um, and if them two aren't passing the ball to each other, then yeah, and we can see Moe's not getting as much as the ball, he's less likely to shoot from the score, isn't he? And then when he is getting the ball, because he's not getting it as much, he's trying to do more. And he's not, he's not being, and he's trying to force it. And he's not being as as fluid as, as what he was before. So um, I think if we can sort of start seeing this midfield develop and evolve and become something that we really want to see, you know, I'm looking forward to see Nabi Kaita. He's not been mentioned in the conversation tonight. I'm looking forward to see him starting getting more minutes on the pitch. And then I think he will be a better connect than even what Shakiri is with the, with the front three, because I think obviously you know, at the beginning of the season, we were we were saying this guy's going to be a superstar. You know, we we could see all the qualities this guy had, and I think he could be a fantastic link, the attacking driving force, because nobody's going beyond the strikers. No, we're not getting we're not getting bodies in the box. If you look at some of the city goals this season, they've had four, five, six players in the box. That's causing havoc and panic 
we get we're lucky to get two or three in the box, and you're not you're not going to trouble defenses that way. I, th- I think yeah. that I think the perfect example of that cam is the um, is the, is the PSG game, where it was it was literally. I mean, I was I went to the game and it was literally three three in the middle, three up top. No one ran past each other at all. No, not once. I think um, the only time somebody ran past was when uh, Hendo tried to do the pass to Milner, and it was yeah. the, and it was the wrong pass. But, yeah. You know, it, it was just what, why are you doing that? Yeah, you know, we want to see forward passes. It's the big thing, but it was the wrong pass at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as ever, we have uh, spoken uh, quite a lot about the football. So I just I want to get any last notions that you have that you wanted to mention. Is there any big area about that about the about the game that you wanted to mention um, before we move away just to finish the show up? Because we had quite a long lead in, so we'll keep the, the the end of this one a little bit shorter than usual. But is there anything else you want to mention? I mean. Uh, just for the sake of, of 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 listeners, you know, we have obviously a, a, a couple of message threads going for the show all the time, um, and there's a real downside or upside depending on what you want to look at of having two scribblers in your in your uh, in your bunch because <laughs> when we decided to do this one uh, at the last minute, um, <laughs> Carl gets into the chat and goes, "Last minute pod." A shank across the box, and Downey turns away in disgust as it flies harmlessly over the keeper. But here comes Guy Rigi. And then I added in, <laughs> Branch has turned it back into play. And then in Cara voice, look at Kyle Kopak. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is the type of thing that goes on in the background. So I just want the, I want the listeners to be aware. We look, this is this is the type of uh, active planning we do. But Cam, just before we finish up, there th- th- is 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 there any any outstanding um, idea or or, or 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 thing about the game that you want to mention? Um, it was just great that we we got the three points ultimately. I mean, and that's what it comes down to. You know, we um, it's about just taking each game at a time. We you know three points was essential. Yes, you know. We, you know, we, we're on the coattails of a, of City. We are genuine title challengers now. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Yes, it was, it wasn't a fantastic performance by us, but it was a gutsy performance. We, you know, um, we, we, we've stood what the best Everton team that's come to Anfield for a long time flew at us, and. You know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a massive three points because City must be thinking as well. For oh, fuck's sake, what have we got to do to get rid of these idiots? You know, because well, we Danny could, Mills was. Well, yeah, because <laughs> they're blowing teams away. They're, they're averaging three goals a game this season, so they're blowing teams away. They are literally blowing teams away. Yet we are still just two points behind them. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. And you've seen that you've seen. Uh, look, this is fanciful, but I'm going to say it anyway. Fuck it. They've got Watford away, and then they've got Chelsea at home in the space of the two match days that we've got um, Burnley and Bournemouth. Now, it's uh, as I say, it's 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 wishful thinking, but there is a potential window there that could open up where we could catch them, and that's exciting. Yeah, they're going to lose both games. Troy <laughs> 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 Deeney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Carl. Any, any last ideas on the game for you, or, or are you happy to move away? It's. I'd just like to say that it's 19 years since Everton have won uh, at Anfield, September 1999. Kevin Campbell, who's now 48, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. What the last time um, 
Everton won at Anfield. Trent was one years old, one year old. Um, and that 19 is uh, very specific for me because at the end of the game, and this barely got any mentions whatsoever, George Sefton played 19 by Paul Hardcastle. That's how I like my needle. That's just brilliant by the yeah. lad, Sefton. What a shout. And hardly anyone noticed it in the ground. I'm, thinking, I'm killing myself laughing. Well, honestly, I'm, I'm still, honestly, I'm still trying to mug pensioners at the time, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably most people didn't recognise the tune, sadly. Yeah. And, and weren't really listening to it as a result. Then they wouldn't recognise it. But that is, I can't get over that, man. That's incredible. Yeah. What, what a dig. What a dig that is. And look, we've all uh, enjoyed and reveled in the celebration. And there are two things I want to finish with. They're football related, but not really. The first thing is I want, uh, Carl mentioned it, the, to talk about the most elaborate goal celebrations that you've seen. And We'll give that a little bit of a, a, of thought now in a minute. Um, uh, and after that, what I want to talk about is, is something I've been suffering from. I, I, I've gone through uh, literally a full packet and a half of uh, throat lozenges um, in the wake of my um, Divakarigi, um, uh worship. Um, so again, I have a question that will be the second question, which is, what is a good throat lozenge? And then I'm going to broaden it out just for shits and giggles into what is a good sweet, because we love a bit of crack about food on here. But to start off, Carl, you mentioned about uh, goal celebration, the most elaborate ones you've seen. Now, I don't know if you mean like that one where the lads are pretending they've landed a fish. You no, know that? none of that. None of that rehearsed nonsense. <laughs> no, none of that. So what do you reckon then? Uh, what, 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 what was in your mind for elaborate goal celebrations? Well, yesterday w- w- went off properly. It really did. Um, th- th- that was ridiculous. My one was I couldn't get a ticket for the 2001 FA Cup final. So I watched it with my mate Matt in Brighton. And we were in a pub. Um, and it was one of these pubs which has got two very large bars um, either side of about the same level. And when Michael Owen scored the winning goal, um, I found that I was in the other bar, no idea how I got there at all, and that my shoe is on the pavement outside. How do you keep getting into these sort of by location <laughs> situations? It's 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 quantum copback. It's That's quantum it it's <laughs> quantum position copback. It's unbelievable. What is happening? No, we're not having that fight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can measure you can measure my velocity, but you can't measure my position. Um, that's that's um, yeah, and, and I, I just as I said, um, the Juventus game in two thousand and five. Somehow, I might, I ended up three rows behind where uh, <laughs> where my seat was, and you can understand that if it's the three rows in front because you get pushed around a lot, particularly in the Cameron Road where the um, uh, where the seats are very very close together. I've no idea how I managed to go backwards and still be facing the pitch. Not a clue. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. I've been to a lot of very, very big games. I've scored and seen lots of, uh, you know, lots of incredibly important games. But that that was, yeah, <laughs> that Arsenal. Game, I wasn't in the ground for the Arsenal game, but I, I think I must have just ran out onto the street and just randomly ran into buildings. <laughs> <It's> just, uh, <laughs> and I'm there's... quite a quiet man as well. I'm quite understated, but for some reason, yeah, I did a bit of a tour that day. Well, I got to say, the physics thing has actually—you uh, mightn't want that uh, that um, quantum position. <laughs> quantum <top. laughs> however, however, I ha- I am going go to, to go with Schrodinger's copback. That's what yes, we're going. That's, fine, yeah. <laughs> that's the title yeah. for the show. Uh, 
Uh, Cam, I know. I mean, again, it, it, there's all sorts of moments. I don't know if you guys remember. Of course you do. It's, for, it's only a couple of seasons ago. But Danny Sturridge's beautiful lofted chip goal against the against Everton. I was there for that. And mm. I'm, I managed to do something as I stood in the cop and jumped with joy where I extended my arms out in the uh, basically, you know, the, the, the full Jesus Christ pose and came off the ground at the same time in, in, in a Kopakian <laughs> fashion. So it actually looked, if there was a photograph there, it probably looked like I was levitating. Now, the problem was that I came down and I basically raked my Achilles all the way down the back of the seat. Um, and I was I was crying and laughing at the same time for, <laughs> for, about, for about 60 seconds because the pain was intense. But it was also a tremendous joy. I enjoyed that one immensely. Uh, it wasn't my, my, my top three derby. I'm, I'm sorry, Anfield good derby goals ever. I, mean, I was talking to a mate of mine about that. What's your favourite three Anfield derby goals? Same, man. And, I think, Same. and I, I think that was my second. The, the, it, the story. Because it's, it's not the goal. It's, it's the fact that he just turns around and just opens his arms up to the, to the Everton fans as in, yeah. go yeah. and do that. What was the, what was the quote? Sometimes you've just got to tell them what, let them know what time it but is. Sometimes you've got to let, let Everton know what time it is. Yeah, got to love that. Got to love that. Anyway, Cam, your most elaborate celebration. Um, oh, I'm, I'm nothing compared to you two. Um, uh, We've never tried to break into another building. <laughs> <Wrong with you>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not the criminal type, maybe. No, um, <laughs> no I mean, I just had my. I, I, I remember the uh, Man City game last season in Champions League. I had my. I just had my head in my head in my hands when uh, Ox scored that third. I just was in complete and utter shock and disbelief. And next thing, I've got all the copites. It was me and Nina in the cop. And they're just all smacking me on the head with joy. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was only like in shock. And like, why the fuck are you eating me, you bastards? But it, <laughs> next week, some guys just come flying over the top of me, you know, because like you say, it's easy to go down. But Carl, how the fuck do you go back up? I, I don't, you know, I mean, are you I crowd surfing? You I, th- I think I had the downy levitating experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've, got, I've got one slightly off football. It was... Um, was it 2002 when England won the Rugby World Cup? Uh, three. 2003, okay. Um, I was at Butlins in Minehead watching that. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, it's a great place. Good fun. Uh, um, and uh, we were watching it in the um, the big auditorium they got. There must have been about 3,000 of us in there. And one of the guys with us was an all-black fan. So he was really conflicted. Didn't know what to do. Because he obviously he didn't want us, he didn't want England to win, he didn't want Australia to win, and somehow he ends up next to the only Aussie fan in there. And of course, we all know what happened, don't we? These two got the bejesus knocked out of them. I'm telling you, it was just manic. We went crazy. You know, the beer was thrown. At, can you imagine three thousand people just in that tiny area just suddenly go? Bang! It was just one huge party, and um, that was an amazing, amazing just atmosphere for something like that. You know, the, the tension of the whole game. So um, that was joyous. That was really good. And on t- in terms of the other question, because I, I'm just watching the clock, and I know it's to drift too long, but I am I, I am curious. I've been uh, relying on my Hall's soothers uh, for the last week or la- last last day. Um, they were uh, on, annoyingly. Uh, I had I had I got cherry flavor, thinking they were strawberry. 
I'm not a fan of cherries, but I indulged. I, I had to stick with it because like I, my throat was in ribbons. Lads. I'm not even joking. It absolute ribbons. So I asked the question, what would be a good throat lozenge, Carl? Um, lemon and ginger. You need, lemon you need, and ginger. You, you, you need ginger, garlic, and lemon in you. So you're going, you're you're going for a flavor rather than a than a than a specific brand. You, you no, know, no, it's, it's, it's specific. That 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 is basically what you need. Um, things like tunes and lockets and things like that. All you're basically doing is just eating slightly rank sweets. Oh, so you're kicking it out altogether as an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, get get some ginger. Ginger ginger's your friend. Cam, are you a, are you a throat lozenge guy? No, not really. If ever I have a, a sore throat or anything like that, uh, I gargle with um, warm, salty water. Yeah, that's, the, that's, that's the answer. Look at you two homespun remedy twanks. Okay, thing is, we we got to what this age, Trev. That's why. Oh, I'm Jesus for that. fucking Christ! You you'll understand, Trev. You, you, how old are you now? Twenty two. <laughs> Twenty seven next birthday, as you fucking know. Yeah. Anyway, the listen, it's that quantum position again, Carl. <laughs> you can be in his forties and his twenties at the same time. Velocity and speed. Schrodinger's, <laughs> Schrodinger's downy. Uh, the 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 last question then is what's a good sweet uh, and Cam don't tell me you don't eat sweets and, and Carl you don't tell me you don't eat sweets either what's a good sweet and if you I swear to god you've dropped this bomb you better own up now you know where I'm driving you with this oh don't no, I do uh, no, you've thrown me completely well, you've got your Thornton's chocolates man yeah oh, that, that's okay. all of them that's just chocolate I wouldn't count, that as, a, a I wouldn't count that as a sweet yeah yeah, yeah. A, a chocolate's different. not a sweet no, no. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm going way downy. How, how do you make chocolate into a, a, a chocolate bar is not sweet. It's good. I'm, sweet. Actually talking about, I'm not talking about chocolate bar. I'm talking about chocolate sweet. Oh, okay. So you yeah, oh, make sure confectionery right. and sweets. Okay, then the, the orange flavoured one with the orange filling inside. Do you know what? Do you know what? No, you've been so churlish about this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's rewind. Start the question again with your definition, your narrow definition of what a sweet is. So go for it again. What would be your favourite sweet if you have to call it and why? Oh, um, I'll have to think about it now. Uh, even though I was thinking about it. Um... Cam, we've got to say, we've got to say where there's originals, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, I was actually going to say an Everton man. Oh. Yeah, yeah, not a big fan, big fan. Yeah. Honestly, that was, that was quite good. Um, maybe not. Went down like a lead balloon again. No, no, um, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't mind an Everton man. Uh, <laughs> it's like bonbons are nice. Yeah, I like a lemon sherbet. Yeah, a lemon, lemon sherbet. sherbet. Yeah, yeah, a lot of chocolate in them. <laughs> That's that strong. Um, guys go for jelly tots, which I think is a really decent shout. Jelly tots, and I'm not being told to say that by my lawyers. No, <laughs> although it is, it would be, it would be sensible for you to keep them on side for at least one entire yeah. pot. Of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, God, he, God, he does, a, he does a good job back back there, doesn't he? He's, he's, he's slaving away there. <laughs> to, to give you a chocolate one, Rolos are nice. Yeah, Rolos are nice. Yeah. I, yeah. I like. Um, I'd go for fruit pastel for your main mainline sweet. I do like a fruit pastel. Uh, and if you're going to do some sort of horrible downy hybrid mix of chocolate and sweet, I do like a chocolate lime. A chocolate lime is not. Yeah, that's yeah. a jam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, and we had our Tafo conversation recently as well. They they weren't yeah. a, bad, a bad old sweet. Yeah, I'm not sure. There was, was a Tafo offshoot as well, wasn't there? Or something else. Yeah, the, um, the, the, the fruit flavor ones. 
the yeah. fruit ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a pineapple roll at one point. Quite they, honestly. They, they brought out a separate one, just the mint, I think, mint, mint toffos. I honestly think Drinkles won the day with his jelly tots here. That's a fantastic shout from Yeah, that, that's, that's your basis, isn't it? That, that's, that's where everyone begins. Yeah, I'm 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 happy with that. Let's 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 wrap it up with that on that on uh, this double note of triumph for Guy Drinkle after a legal victory, a crushing legal victory, and now a victory in the last question of the day. And we will finish on that note for this episode of the Anfield Index podcast. Before we go, as usual, I ask the lads if they have anything they want to uh, finish up with, a final thought, or if they've got any plugs. Carl, we usually start with yourself. I wrote uh, a piece um, about yesterday about. The, um the Divakarigi derby, as it now will be called, and um, and to be honest, it's pretty much just emotion spewed onto a page. I mean, there's not much fun going on with the thing I've written. It's just, my God, what happened there? I like it. Uh, it sounds like a, it sounds like a, a read everyone could enjoy. Uh, and you, uh, any, are you on any other pods this week? You, you often do writers and stuff like that. You on that this week? Uh, I don't think I did writers last week. Um, what was it week four? But um, no, I, because Liverpool, Liverpool keep playing. And get yeah, in the no. way of my podcast. <laughs> yeah, so you got to keep scribbling. That's the that's that's the uh, the the downside. Um, Cam, what about yourself? Any last last thoughts? Uh, just a couple of things. Um, anybody not join the Discord app chat thing, get on it. Um, just look on the Anfield Index uh, Twitter account, and I'm sure you'll see something there about how you can join that. It's a, it's quite good fun on there. You you might enjoy it, and you and you can hurl abuse at Carl and. Uh, He'll holy abuse back at you because he it likes doing to, that. It tends to go the other way. <laughs> really. Yeah. 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 The, the, uh, the, the testy version of Copac has, 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> has shown its shown its uh its teeth a few times there. I think. Well, I, 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 can I just explain that? What one lad said something I fervently disagree with, and I don't think he's been seen since. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and when Carl says he fervently disagreed, it's it's something to behold. Um, <laughs> Unless, of course, it's Mr. Drinkle, who is, of course, beyond reproach. Uh, beautiful. Well saved, well rescued. On, on that note of discord, uh, I think you like what I did there, uh, we'll finish with me thanking you, lovely listener, for the support you give us. Um, the only thing we're interested in doing is getting more of you. Tell a friend. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I say it every week. Tell a friend. Put it up on your social media. Uh, make a poster. Uh, play the show to somebody else. Um, and just in the background, um, we have the glorious spectacle that is Carl Kopak silently for once walking all over the outro because he's got a quote. So I'm just going to cut in there, listener, and let Carl do his quote, and then I'm going to cut back. It's Cam, not me. Oh, Cam's got a quote. I thought it was Carl. Okay, no, I'm, I'm a professional. <laughs> sure. Cam, do you quote, Carl? Yeah, I did say I had a, I had a couple of things. So, um, and you, you, um, we got sidetracked there. All it was, you know, I like to finish with a little quote uh, at the end of every pod. So, uh, seeing as it's the, um, you know, the everybody had the the rainbow colours shown this week, I thought I'd go along that line. A quote from somebody who's connected with that. So here we go. I had everything I'd hoped for, but I wasn't being myself. So I decided to be honest about who I was. It was strange. The people who loved me for being funny suddenly didn't like me for being me. Who's that then? Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, yeah, Ellen yeah. DeGeneres. Yeah. Okay, very good, very good. And you have another one? 
No, no, that was it. Just that one. That was it. I said I had two things. The first one was Discord, and the second one was Clyde. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. I'd also like to say Ranger drops, they were nice as well. That's just reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, didn't they do like a Rainbow Sherbet one as well? Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. Oh, Christ, they've gone now, listeners. They're off. They've gone. The, the old lads. Have a rationing, ration, rationing cam, the old lads. They're going to be talking about. I, it. I, I, had, I had that book. Did you? Did you? Do you remember the co-op stamp and the and the green shield? Oh, the... absolutely. Yeah, nineteen seventy <laughs> World Cup. Yeah, excellent. Uh, have you shared around your fisherman's friends, there, lads? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't do lozenges. We told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's finish it up. Well, uh, they, again, they hit your gums after a while. Back to you, listener. Um, with a reminder to please do that, that thing I said, please do share the show around in whatever capacity you can, even if it's just to tell someone that you've been listening to this podcast and they can't seem to get it finished because they keep interrupting the guy who's supposed to be finishing it. It's uh, it's a wonderful thing. I've been Trev Downey. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds. And look at Jürgen Klopp! Podcast Network.